Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. We're joined today by Ben Cuddyback. He's a sales arborist for the Northwest Detroit office for the Davy Tree Expert Company. And today we're talking about how to care for mature and young trees in the winter. How you doing, Ben? Doing great, Doug. Thanks for asking. So when do you think, when I ask, ask you that, like, what should I do for my winter trees? What's the first thing that comes to mind for you as, as an arborist? Uh, as an arborist, uh, depending on the trees, uh, you, you're talking about your deciduous trees, your big maples, oaks, things like that. You want to get a lot of your pruning done in the uh, the winter time. All right, you have a lot of insects that are dormant, a lot of fungus issues that won't be there. It's a lot safer for the trees, and they'll have time to recover for the springtime. And certainly, there are certain trees that absolutely have to be pruned during this dormant period, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, uh, especially oaks and elms. And now since uh, oak wilt is becoming very prominent in this area, it's very, very important that you maintain the uh, the pruning standards of doing that through the winter months. Well, you brought it up. Every, every podcast I talk about, I talk about oak wilt <laughs> <laughs> and the, con- the constant battle I have with it, but that's for another day. Uh, let's talk about evergreens, uh, you know. Here, I'm in uh, mid-Atlantic states, Pittsburgh. The ground hasn't frozen solid yet. I mean, it's getting cold, but is there anything in particular for evergreens we should be thinking about for the winter? Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. In, in for evergreens in the wintertime, um, it's really important to know that they need a lot of water before the ground freezes over. Um, they are evergreens. They do still photosynthesize and transpire. So they're sucking up water or trying to. And when the ground is completely frozen, it can't do that. And that's when you start to get a lot of winter burn uh, or browning on the needles. Uh, so things like uh, an anti-desiccant treatments or transfilm that we use. Uh, it's a transparent film that clogs the pores in the leaves, the stomates that basically gets them through the winter months without having to suck up the ground or try to. Is that like a liquid that's sprayed on the tree or how does that, how does that done? Yes, it is a liquid that is sprayed onto the trees, especially you're talking uh, most things that we use that for are going to be actually more of your shrubs, but use boxwoods and arborvitae especially. Uh, but it can be done on um, spruce trees, firs, pines, um, the main thing, those are a bit more robust, though, and can tend to get through the wintertime. So if we haven't had much rain and the ground hasn't frozen, nothing wrong with getting the hose out there and giving a tree a drink. Uh, in, right, in, especially. Basically, though, how do I know how much water to, to give it, especially this time of the year? Or do I yeah. know? You don't really know. I guess it more depends on if you know what kind of soil you have. Okay, so if you're in a sandy area, you're going to need to put down a lot more water as the water tends to leach through the soil. If you're in a heavy clay area, which in Michigan is almost everywhere you go, um, you're going to end up not putting as much down because the clay retains the moisture. And then how about new trees? You know, what should we be looking out for on new trees? 
Um, well, nutrients, same thing. You really do want to water them. Um, make sure you get as much as you can before the ground freezes. Uh, you can also mulch them, okay, with a thick layer of mulch to try to keep and maintain that moisture through the, through the cold months. At this point in your area, uh, are you done planting trees? Yeah, we're, we're pretty much done at this point. Um, if the ground's not frozen yet, and you still can, but most of the nursery stock is kind of low. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I talked to somebody yesterday. They were doing the, they wanted to do the bald and burlap Christmas tree. And, you know, I always try and dissuade people from doing that, but they had their heart set on it. First house, this and that. Uh, have you ever had any experience with that? dealing with, with homeowners that do that oh no not particularly no uh we do uh, I, every once in a while i'll run into that i'll run into that question too you know i've been really home set on, on doing that ball and burlap that would be really important if you could do a, a anti-wilt transparent film on a tree like that especially if it's going to be inside for a portion of the time um, and you really got to water that thing because that, that <laughs> those trees take so much water up more than people know. I said maybe a week, maybe two weeks indoors tops. Was I right there or? Yeah, I would say so. You see a lot of those cut trees out, you know, at the stores now and then. Um, I've seen them out, oh my gosh, at the beginning of November thinking like, how are those going to make it? <laughs> Obviously, you know, people are going to stick them in their little stands and water them, um, but they also do get treated. Usually the cut ones do um, with an, an, a kind of an anti-wilting spray. So when we finally do get snow and ice, which we haven't got much of it down here yet, do I just leave that stuff on the tree or should I knock it off or how do I know? I would leave it on the tree. The snow is going to actually be a good insulator for your evergreens as well as the deciduous trees. Uh, when you get those heavy ice storms, uh, we tend to get those uh, here in Michigan. I know out east they do as well. Um, you're gonna end up doing more damage to the trees by breaking that off uh, rather than just leaving that. And then when the ice melts, call an arborist out to see if the tree has any damage that needs to be corrected or uh, if there's anything that can be done depending on how bad that ice storm is. You know, what's funny, another job for me in my forest this time of the year is walking the property and cutting all those grapevines. But I had a Davy Arborist tell me that it's actually easier to see if you're doing the right thing when they're actually in active growth because you'll see the green wilt away. But I'm getting as many as I can now because I've got the time to do it. And, you know, I don't want big, giant grapevines on my trees. Sure. No, nobody wants that. They do a great job of uh, strangling trees in whole areas. You really want to take care of that as much as you can, as quick as you can. Um, but yeah, doing it in the uh, the growing months, it's a lot easier to see it wilt. And then you can see if you actually got the right vine. Sometimes you don't know. There could be one that's, you know, starts two houses down and goes over <laughs> and you can't get it. You don't know where it's coming from. So how did you get into this? And why is this job right for you? Oh, well, I got into this about 10 years ago. Um, I went to school at Michigan State uh, for horticulture and uh, kind of just wandered into this, if you will. Um, but it, this, this particular company um, is, is wonderful to work for. 
Uh, we all are one giant team across the entire country, really. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun. I can't really complain. <laughs> Do you have some certain trees that might be off the beaten path? Now, we always, always, always preface this with right tree, right place. But are there any certain trees that you love that aren't getting planted as much as you think they should be? Ooh, that's a tough one. I love a lot of those. Uh, my favorites are the, the uh, eastern redbud, though. Um, here in Michigan, it's actually pretty native, and uh, you can find it from time to time in the early spring, especially when the leaves haven't come out on all the big forest sections. You'll see all this bright purple, which is kind of a fun wake up, spring's coming type of uh, a thing to see happen. Uh, that, but that's my favorite tree to see. And you know what? It does get planted a fair amount. Uh, it's just a matter of making sure, like you said, the right tree, the right place, and getting it in the right spot. Well, I was actually at a garden this spring and saw one that had white flowers. I had never seen that before. Uh, I'm assuming that's some kind of hybrid or something, you know, that they a breeder made. But you're right. Red buds are amazing. And, you know, when we talk about red buds, you got that heart-shaped leaf. And a lot of people like to use that tree in memory of something or someone because of its heart-shaped leaves. Sure. Again, that's something I also try to dissuade people from doing because I always worry about the tree not making it. But a red bud's pretty tough, right? Would that be one that you could use for that uh, reason? It is. It is. And there's also different variations of it. Uh, a forest pansy red bud's more of a purple leaf. You know, that's, that's a nice uh, thing to see. If you need a little bit of different color as opposed to your standard green. Um, then there's the weeping versions, which are really pretty. If you have a nice little small spot, um, if you want to put like a little um, a little garden or a remembrance plaque or something, you know, it does well and it doesn't overtake an entire area. Something like that would work really nice for that. And when you do visit a property this time of the year, what are the type of things you're looking for since you, you, you know, you don't have to worry about looking through that foliage. You can see the actual structure of the, the trees themselves and certainly the, you know, how they're going into the ground, how that looks. Oh, for sure. Um, and what I'm looking for right now is um, big crossing branches, things that are rubbing uh, on each other that could potentially cause damage later on down the road. Um, obviously a lot of deadwood, still pick that out if you know what to look for. Um, I've been doing it for a long time, so you can I can see the buds in the trees still and, and know if that's you know still viable or not. Um, you know, now is the time that you can really pick that out. You can even kind of tend to shape a tree a little bit, uh, depending on what it is, obviously. Um, seeing that structure, it's a lot easier to go forth and do that. Um, and then how about looking down at the tree at the bottom? Anything oh, in particular in winter? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. The uh, the trunks. I tend to definitely look at the trunks, make sure that people are, um, you see this a lot too. I see this a lot. Street trees, um, depending on where they're facing. Okay. The sun's going to heat a lot of those up. And a lot of people put a lot of maple trees here um, on their street trees right next to the road. Those will heat up in the warm winter days and then when it freezes really quickly at nighttime they usually you get a split in the bark so every once in a while you'll go down a street and you'll see why is there this every tree trunk has a split going down it it's usually because of the uh, the winter scald there it's, it's just exploding the bark open uh, something to look out for people can actually wrap the tree 
Uh, some people I've seen use white paint before, but I don't really recommend that. Uh, but there's some white wraps that you can do if you're concerned uh, to keep the heat from reflecting, the sunlight reflecting off of the trunk to keep that from, uh, from happening. Um, that also goes for deer. Up here, we have a huge deer population um, and the smaller trees tend to get ravaged uh, with the antlers. So anything you can do to cut, put a physical barrier up on those trunks, especially the newer planted trees, the better off you're going to be. Um, Arborvitae are also a favorite to be fed on around here. So any kind of deer repellent works pretty well or burlap if you can around like the whole hedgerows of arborvitaes. Sometimes you see arborvitae listed though as deer resistant, but not in Pennsylvania, you know. <laughs> you have some pretty hardy deer out there. Yeah, you really need to, uh, some are more preferable than others. I found that the emerald greens tend to be their favorite to munch on. Um, green giants are a lot less susceptible. And okay. those are a huge hot seller for a lot of uh, people this year. In the past yeah, tell me about that, that because I, I've, I've talked about that for the past two seasons uh, with different people in the industry. Now, Green Giant is probably one of the most famous uh, privacy borders we've, we've seen uh, yeah. in, the, in the industry. But because of COVID, because of everybody wanting privacy, that tree is getting harder and harder to find, at least temporarily, right? No, not at all. The nurseries oh, really? Here, yeah, the nurseries here have huge numbers of, of green giant arborvitaes. I do recommend planting them on the smaller side, six foot, seven foot tall. They grow insanely fast. You don't need to put like the giant ones in to, to fill in that void so quickly. Um, but yeah, the nursery stock here is huge and they keep it replenished. Oh, that's good to hear because uh, over here, and I guess I haven't talked about it maybe six months or so, but I was hearing that people were only able to find smaller ones, three to four foot, but that's great that uh, you're able to find them because again, that has become a very popular tree when people were stuck at home. Let's go back to the deer rubbing. What kind of stuff do you use on the bottom of those little trees to try and stop them from, from doing your rubbing? Is it like a physical barrier to, so they can't get to the tree or? Yes. Yeah. That's your best bet is a physical barrier. Um, some people I, I've, I've seen, um, <laughs> they go as far as putting like chicken wire kind of wrapping around the, the, not necessarily on the trunk, but with like stakes around it to keep the deer away. Um, and also that plastic wrap, it kind of uh, spirals down the trunk. Uh, you'll see that from time to time that helps protect that, uh, and, uh, or corrugated pipe. You can even do that too. You can cut that lengthwise and plop it around like a newly whipped tree, like two, three inch diameter tree. Um, Cause if that deer rub goes all the way around, you just girdle the tree and the tree will eventually die. Well, that's what I use is the corrugated stuff. And luckily the guys at my local hardware store cut those vertical cuts for me. <laughs> it's some kind of Dremel or something. Cause I would have been out there like an idiot with, I don't know what I would, how I would have cut it that way, but that works really well. You know, when we're talking about deer rubbing, it's I'm sure seasonally it changes, but a, about when that is that for you? When is that rut that you have to worry about that? Uh, we tend to see that more towards the um, it's early fall for us. So you're talking more um, October time frame. Uh, September, October is when I start to see it um, the most. Um, and then deer, deer hunting season is huge up here. So 
after that, it tends to die down a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then as far as our shrubs are concerned, certainly want to keep the deer off them. When they get desperate, they'll eat anything. So oh, are you using sure. some, some kind of, you're using some kind of repellent on the properties? Yes. Yeah. The repellent that we use called Deer Pro, um, and it does work pretty well. Um, it's uh, sprayed onto the uh, shrubs uh, and the arborvitae as well. Um, and it does do a great job through the winter months to keep them at bay. Uh, well, some people could... will say, I've used everything and I don't really trust that. So, you know, in that case, a physical barrier is usually your only option at that point. That means you're putting um, burlap around, you know, physical barrier. That's, that's your thing. Well, since I'm, you know, talked to a lot of Davy Arborists, uh, Deer Pro sent me some of that stuff. And I left it in my car, in the container, in the box for like three days. And I don't know how long ago that was, but my car still smells like Deer Pro. <laughs> yes, it does have a little scent to it. Uh, not nearly as bad as something like Deer Fence, but uh, Deer Pro does have a little, it's a little more of a minty scent to it, I think. Um, and it doesn't, when it's sprayed and, app and applied on your trees and shrubs, you don't really notice it. It's not that bad. Yeah, this, this was... This is the concentrated yeah. <laughs> version that I should not have left in my car. But at least I, when I'm driving down the road, at least I know that the deer will stay out of the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they'll stay out of your way. Anything else when you're thinking winter tree care that we haven't talked about? Too late to fertilize? Uh, no. As long as you can get well, – we use um, a deep root fertilization, our Arbor Green Pro that we use. Uh, we inject it straight into the ground. So long as the ground is soft enough um, to accept a probe, you can absolutely fertilize still right now. Um, even though it, the fertilizer also that we use, it's a slow release. So, okay, it lasts for a year in the ground. So if you do it now, it's going to be there waiting for them when they come out of their dormancy to just automatically pick that up and just take off growing. I think that's something that homeowners don't think about. Is, is the importance of fertilizing those trees and sometimes big trees. And really, the only way to really, in my opinion, to do it right is with that probe to get that down into that root zone. Talk a little bit about the importance of fertilization for a tree. Sure, absolutely. It's, it's quite vital. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people put, you know, your fertilizer on your lawns and they'll think, ah, oh, it's good enough for everything that's there, when really it's not. That only gets down a couple inches down into the ground. Uh, the deep root fertilization, most root zones on larger trees are mainly in the top two to three feet of soil, but you need to get it down in there. Um, and the fertilization, it really opens up the ability for the tree to uptake the nutrients um, that are in the ground, um, as well as the fertilizer and give it that health that you're just that you want a healthy tree, the healthier it is the less likely it's going to get uh, succumb to fungus issues, insect issues. They can still happen, but the tree has a much better ability to fight off those things that are happening to it. Is this time of the year still busy for you, or does, does it slow down a little bit? It's starting to slow down a little bit on our end, um, but we work through the, all the winter months. We do a lot of uh, winter pruning, um, a lot of city pruning. Uh, you'll see that happening, too, up here at this time of year. Um, mainly a lot of oaks and elms that a lot of people have up here. Uh, we have a huge oak population 
Uh, so there are a lot of people who are on board with keeping the, uh, the maintenance program happening through the wintertime. So this would be a great time for somebody to reach out to Davey uh, since you have a little bit of time to come look at the property. It's not crazy, crazy. Oh, no, absolutely. It's perfect time. Uh, I'd be happy to go around and, and talk to everybody. And we we tend to talk a lot. All of us do. <laughs> um, but we give out a lot of good information, um, even if it's just to come and say hi. I, I will stop by to a lot of my clients who use us a lot over the years just to stop in and say hello. Um and it's just a nice working relationship I have with a lot of people here. Um, and people like that about Davey, very personable and, and we like to get the jobs done for them. But, you know, we don't try to push push things on people, too. Well, before I let you go, that's that's my last question. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with your clients and how important it is to you as a sales arborist. As a sales arborist, it is the number one thing that is very important uh, is our customer relations and keeping that going. Um, it's, it's the one thing that keeps us back on the property year after year, um, knowing that uh, we'll have an answer for them. If I don't have an answer, I have a huge resource to figure it out and get that answer to them. Um, it's just probably the most important thing that we have. Is, is our relationship with our clients and our customers. And, you know, at some point they become kind of friends. You know, I, you're, you, I, I have some that I've been doing business with as a sales arborist for me. It's been the past five years. I've known them for five years and they've moved houses. Then they called me up and say, hey, come look at my new house. I want, you know, they, they want that relationship. It's already there. It's really important. All right, Ben, I'm going to leave it right there. That's great stuff. Thanks for schooling us on winter tree care, and it was a lot of fun to talk to you. You're welcome, Doug. Thanks you very much. You have a great day. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I am your host, Doug Oster, and do me a favor. Subscribe to the podcast so that you'll never miss an episode. Next week, we'll learn how arborists are trained. I'm looking forward to that. And if you've got an idea for the show or some feedback, send us an email at podcasts at davy.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y dot com. As always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.